Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hockey Jersey Addicts, the podcast and support group for the addicted hockey jersey fan to talk twill, wool, acrylic, and polyester. Join us as we share what we've learned and uncovered about the game of hockey through collecting, restoring, customizing, and selling hockey jerseys. Around here, no jersey is too small or too big, too new or game-worn, too loud or too proud. We see everyone as equal and explore a diverse range of topics ongoing in the hockey community. We'll also dive into the vault with hockey history, trivia, and reminisce as much as possible about the grails we've got, the thrift store finds, and the watchlist wants. So put on some polyester, give us a listen, and if you like what you hear and want more, make sure to subscribe and follow us on your podcast station and social media of choice at Hockey Jersey Addicts. And remember, you miss 100% of the jerseys you don't collect. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Pepsi Center. Number 23, Milan Heyduk. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Hockey Jersey Addicts. I am your host, Dan, a.k.a. VanCanFan75. And welcome to this week's episode all about hockey jersey retirements. Milan Heyduk joins the podcast to discuss his big night when they raised his numbers to the rafters, why he wore 23, and the story behind his international number. Jersey retirements are incredible ceremonies and they're all unique. Perhaps none more than the Toronto Maple Leafs' big surprise in 2016. We'll hear from fans who attended Heyduk's retirement from his suite, a Ducks fan who spread his wings and flew to Toronto to see Korea and Solani's Hockey Hall of Fame induction, then flew to Anaheim to meet Korea before his jersey ceremony. We top it off with memories shared from Henrik and Daniel's retirement during the 50th anniversary season. Unretired numbers, Ray Bork being the first Avs retired number, Messier unretiring Wayne Mackey's number, even the trivia is jersey retirement related. So grab your favorite jersey, and get ready for one hell of an episode. Before we dive in with our guests, first, I want to make sure those listening are familiar with the basics of what a jersey retirement is, just because it helps put into context what the Leafs did in 2016 on the first game of their 100th season. Basically, if you've seen a jersey retirement in any sport, you already have a familiar idea with how it works in the NHL as well. A player, incredibly well-liked, admired, and respected for their franchise for many reasons, including but certainly not limited to their playing ability, is treated with the ultimate show of respect by that franchise by retiring the number from circulation, meaning the player in their franch- no player in their franchise can wear that number again. Ceremonies are held at the rink before the game. There's video tributes, alum speeches, family photos, tears, and a whole lots of class cheering and class cheersing. It's very rare, partially because some franchises in the league don't last long enough to have a number retired, other franchises are young and players haven't gone on to retire, or haven't been retired long, and even with original six teams like the Maple Leafs, it's just not typical to have players stay with one team for so long and experience so much success, and players get traded. They have long 20-year careers, but not typically with one team. I mean, Yager is how old? still not officially retired, and has played for how many teams? But we're not here to talk about Yager. We're on today to talk with another Czech legend, Milan Hayduk. 
and about the Leafs and how the Leafs bucked the trend with jersey retirements because, well, I guess it's because they're the Leafs. So it's 2016, and this season marks the Leafs' 100th in franchise history. You'd think they'd have a few numbers retired by now. I mean, at the very least, their best player ever, right? Nope. The Leafs just didn't really retire players' numbers. For whatever reason, they just went on for decades without any number hanging from the rafters. And it's not like the Leafs sucked early on, either. They haven't won a cup in over 50 years, but they have won the second most ever. So surely the greats like Johnny Bauer, Dave Keon, Armstrong, Tim Horton, Frank Mahovlich, King Clancy, Red Kelly, I like, I'm naming people who are literally the legends in Toronto with zero dispute, and none of these players have their numbers retired. No, they were honored numbers. No, no one wore them, but the franchise hadn't officially retired them. Kind of seems incomplete and just like not right. The Hockey Hall of Fame is down the street from this building, where these guys have a permanent residence, but not in the stadium. Brendan Shanahan and Lou Lamorello are guys that know a thing or two about honoring history in the game. As part of the new exec team in Toronto, they decide in 2016 that it's time to change that. In a ceremony to open up the 100th season in NHL history, the Leafs surprise their fans in attendance. The Toronto Maple Leafs have only retired numbers if a player has experienced a significant tragedy while a member of the team. In 1993, the Leafs began honoring the franchise's greatest players by hoisting their numbers to the rafters of Maple Leaf Gardens and later Air Canada Centre. Sixteen players have been so honored, but their numbers have remained in circulation so that other Maple Leafs could wear those numbers, worn by the legends that had come before them. Tonight, our philosophy on retiring numbers changes. We are proud to announce that the numbers of those 16 honored players will now be retired, never to be worn again. In a dramatic 30-minute ceremony, the Leafs announced they were retiring 11 numbers, 10 of which were previously honored numbers, in an ultimate tribute to the 17 men who wore them. The numbers joined the two that had officially been retired. Number 6 from the Hockey Hall of Fame forward Ace Bailey, and number 5 from Bill Barilko. The most notable moment easily belonged to Keon, voted the greatest Leaf ever, Keon was pretty strong advocate for those that wanted to see the Leafs do the right thing and retire numbers. Previous to the evening, Keon wanted no part of any retirement ceremony if it didn't mean that the that first the other greats had been retired. He said, quote, "I don't know why Toronto thought previously that honoring numbers was the thing to do. All the great franchises retire numbers and honor the players who had brought glory to the franchise." I didn't think that the Leafs were any different, that this should be the tradition that they follow. Two other things to note, and then we'll move on to hearing about some pretty incredible stories from our guests, who in their own respect have had some amazing Jersey retirement ceremony experiences. But first off, one of my favorite parts is when Johnny Bauer is announced and he hugs himself, which he did a lot as his way of saying it was like hugging all Leafs fans in the building. And also, James Van Riemsdyk switched from 21 to 25 
because 21 was defenseman Biori Salming's number, a Hockey Hall of Famer inducted in 96, and up until that point was only an honored number. So Keon, after the evening, said he was very pleased that management made the decision and that retiring numbers was the right thing to do. I was happy they asked me if I'd be okay if they retired my number. I was very pleased about it. Today, I have the pleasure to be joined by some fellow addicts of mine that I've known for quite a while and just for a couple days, but they both have addictions that run longer than that. And I just want to go around the room and say thanks for joining everybody. I'll start with you. To my video screen right, we've got Ross Moormeyer. It's going great, man. I'm excited for this episode. Uh, Everson mentioned it to me, so happy to be on and thanks for having me, buddy. I appreciate you so much and for coming on. And Cody, how are you doing today, man? Oh, great, man. Uh, Just stoked to be here and talk about some jerseys. Heck yeah. And Ross and Cody, I I know from being a part of another podcast that I'm uh, really proud to be a part of called On the Bench with Beaks. And this whole episode is actually a collaboration episode with On the Bench with Beaks because recently our podcast interviewed Milan Hayduk. And during that episode, we were able to ask him about his Jersey retirement ceremony. And so I wanted to make an episode that included stories from around the Jersey addicts we know out there that in some way had Jersey retirement baked into it. And so far, I haven't even introduced everyone being on this call, but Ross, you went to the Korea jersey retirement ceremony and then followed that up with going to the hockey hall of fame induction um and then cody you've been to milan hayduk's jersey retirement and did it from his suite so that's going to be incredible and then we've got a vancouver canucks fan with us that i am so glad can share his experience of what it was like going to the sedin's retirement because it was something i desperately wanted to be able to do so I'd also love to welcome onto the podcast ShadowNet. So ShadowNet, thanks for coming. Say hello. Hi. And yeah, it's great to be here. And honestly, the chance to talk about like a retirement ceremony attendance is something I'm excited about. So nice to be on. Thank you so much for coming. And so we're going to go around the room, get everyone's perspective from their respective ceremony attendancies and then we're also going to get into some jersey trivia because what episode would be complete without that and then we're going to cut to the footage that we recorded last week of some questions with milan hayduk that are specifically related to hockey jerseys not the whole episode because 
that's not relevant to this podcast. But if you like what you're hearing, I highly recommend that you check out On the Bench with Beaks. And I definitely don't have a biased opinion about that whatsoever. Not so <laughs> without further ado, uh, I want to go age before beauty here, of course. And uh, I think that puts Ross up first for us to dive into his details on his attendance at, um, I don't know what you want to start with, because I might even have the order wrong, but it's all you, bud. Take the mic and let us know what it was like. Well, I, I don't know. Um, I, I'm going to start with the Hockey Hall of Fame one. I heard that Solani and Korea got inducted on the same ballot, and everybody, it was unanimous. And I think it's kind of cool because really around in the 90s and everything, you didn't go anywhere without hearing about the dynamic duo, quote unquote. You've got PK and you got the Finnish Flash on the other side, and they just complimented each other to no end, which I loved seeing growing up. It was just fast-paced, good high-scoring hockey. So um, just to see well, Lanny McDonald and everybody else in the Hockey Hall of Fame, like higher-ups, although majority of, you know, and you had Andrew Chuck too, which he's no slouch at all. And he's an amazing person. I got to meet him up there. But, um, yeah, um, just to have the – you don't ever see that. Both players on the same line going into the Hockey Hall of Fame together. And I was just like, I have to go. I have to. So, well, I know one other set of players on the same line going into the hall together will be the Sedins, just because you know they're twins, and we we all expect just like how their jerseys were retired together, they will go into the fame hall of fame together too. But I freaking loved those guys because, dude, there was like. You like the Sedine chemistry, you understand they're twins. They like yeah. people say they literally share the same brain. And it's like, here's a dude from Finland and another small guy uh, from Canada. And they had better chemistry than any two players I had ever seen in the league growing up in the 90s. Oh, yeah. And Here's the thing. There's a, a there's a few older people out there that are actually going to say, you know, who was first was Yari Curry and Wayne Gretzky. And oh, yeah. damn it, I wish I was old enough to draw the comparison because that was an incre- an incredible dynamic duo as well. And oh, yeah. I wonder if people think of Korea and Solani as like the second thing of that and it makes them really happy so i mean like we didn't get to see yari curry and gretzky so for us this blew our minds right and the sedines hadn't come along yet either so for so for like setting the stage this was like holy crap like what is going on Oh, well, and you know me as a Ducks fan, dude. Any game that I was able to see on the TV, I was doing the happy Gilmore just riding the hockey stick like a pony every time they (laughs) scored, dude, which was quite a bit, man. I I just loved seeing them and playing for my hometown, Anaheim, or I guess area. But, um, yeah, 
it, it was just great to watch them go into the Hall of Fame together, which hats off to the Hockey Hall of Fame like committee because that was top-notch to put two great ambassadors of hockey from the same line in on the same day. Like, that meant so much to them. Not even the franchise or anything, which was cool, really cool for the franchise. Don't get me wrong. But for those guys to have a special career and then also have a special moment to top off both of their careers, I mean, I, I couldn't say no to that, honestly. It's it's hard to say no to that, especially knowing your fandom. I mean, I'm living in Denver at the time, and I'm debating – the cost of going to see the Sedin ceremony because I just can't think of not going, but at the same time, I know it's out of the question, but you know, what I love about the Sedin or sorry, the Solani Korea situation as well is like, they don't end their careers on the same year. So they no. officially go on the ballots at different times, but they did get inducted at the same time. And that's just like a happy ending. Oh Yeah. Like, they're basically brothers, honestly. And as you said, you have the Sedin twins, like, they're twins, obviously. But you've got two guys coming from two separate parts of the world. And then just coming in and just being dynamite together. Like, and you couldn't talk about one without the other. I mean, that's that's something you don't see a whole lot in the nowadays NHL. It, it was, I don't know. You kind of get what I'm saying. It was like that totally. weird aura. Yeah. Like they fit together, like just puzzle pieces, man. Like and you're, you're mine. I'm yours. We're our miss each other's missing piece. Let's go out. And I mean, pardon my French. Let's go out and fuck some shit up, dude. <laughs> oh, they took the league by storm for sure. And I mean, to that point you just raised about that being a thing that could only happen kind of back then it's you know they still like they got to go to colorado together like at a time oh, yeah. where that was still kind of affordable because the cap was not really existing right and so <laughs> you were able to bring the dynamic duo to two guys that you know were chasing cups oh yeah like i never really want to remember Solani in an Avalanche jersey. No, exactly. you know, but at the same Korea, time, dude. like I I would have been totally okay with him winning another cup with them because I respect oh, yeah. the hell out of both of those guys, you know? Yeah. If both of them won a cup in Colorado, like you can't balk at that at all. I mean, the guys went and got the hardest trophy to win in sports, period. I mean, you had the same kind of idea about the whole Scott Niedermeyer coming over too. So, because, yes, yes. Uh, so, God, sure. Yes. That team meant so much to him because he got to win a cup with his brother. That was recently in 2007 that they're the only brother duo to recently win a cup. Just that, mind you. Um, that just makes me think of 2011 for some reason again. Yeah. It would have been the Sedin if they won. God damn it. Yep. I was rooting for them in that sense because that's, cool. that's a cool feat, man. Yeah. I mean, it's who's really able cool. to, like, share that with your brother? Like, that you even played with growing up, like, consistently. Yeah, so, I mean... Like, there were eight Sutters in the league, it seems like, at one point. I don't know if any won with each other or 
the Espositos yeah. are coming to mind, but yeah, but I'd have to check I'm on just that. talking about in that kind of era, like because you didn't totally. have, yeah, especially because he went up to the same mountain that he took his original Stanley Cup picture on, and did wow. it with his brother as well. Oh so, man, yeah, like there, there's many moments with that, and I feel that that's like that's something. I don't know. I'm kind of getting a little choked up, but um, especially if you win it with a sibling. I mean, oh hell yeah, that's gotta just hit home more. I definitely want to turn to the retirement ceremony, but I feel Ross that your experience at the at the Hall of Fame is more rare among people listening. I went in and just had basic tickets to the actual dinner, which is great. All you can eat, all you can drink, five star stuff. They treat everybody like kings there. Like, you are no less of a person for being there, just enjoying it. Oh, that's, that's so cool. So, like, for fans that feel like the only way to do it is to go to the induction ceremony, that's not at all what you were doing. You were going to, the, like, the dinner afterwards. No, I was going to the dinner before. And I oh. get to see the book getting brought out and everything after the ceremony. And you oh. get to see the players walk through and go and sign the book, basically. So oh. I was at that dinner, and it's in the Hockey Hall of Fame, everyone. Oh, what? That's so yes. cool. So you're getting, like, got halves of lobster. Like, it, it, I didn't even know what it was. I just told him to put it on my plate. It, everything was <laughs> so good. But um, I just got the base tickets just to go out and possibly meet players, talk to people. Um, that's where I ran into these two interns that they were able to see the induction ceremony. Well, and I was telling them, oh, I flew all, all the way out from Colorado to watch Paul Curry and Solani, my two favorite players, retire together. And just we talked and just BSed for a little bit. I went my way, had a smoke upstairs. And that is where I ran into a Todd Sawatsky's wife, Tiffany. I met up with her, and she goes, you need to meet up with my husband. He's a nut. You'd love him. <laughs> I met up with him. He and David Stubbs, uh, his friend, and Tiffany's friend met up, and they made that whole entire thing that much better. I got to meet Pierre Turgeon. Um, God, I'm trying to think of a... You always forget the guy who holds the Stanley Cup. Uh, oh, you're talking um, about blonde-haired Phil with the white gloves? Yes. Nice. He's got the softest hands I've ever touched. <laughs> I'm having beers with Glenn Healy. You know, it's it's such a surreal experience, and you can't imagine being there. I was walking on air. Like, it's such a good experience. But while that's all happening, I went back up to get a fresh breath of fresh air and those interns were looking for me they came up and they went hey the induction's about to start we have to go into the office tomorrow go watch your guys get inducted what so yeah they just gave because they like their company just gets two tickets to the induction ceremony every single year and they just got chosen so I got to go and see both of them. The dynamic duo just get inducted. Like, 
that was a special moment. And also they do a game as well. Yes. Yep. And I got to see them both play because one was for the uh, the world and one was for Canada. So, yeah, um, you got to see them make a trade, quote unquote, and you got to actually see them play for the last time that they will ever play probably on the ice as well. So, and that's where I met Carlos, who I was like, dude, Ducks are going to raise his number to the rafters here soon. As soon as it, it is happening, we're flying out to California, and I'm going to show you all my old stomping grounds and stuff like that. So That's dope. Cause and, like... and it happened the next year. <laughs> <laughs> and he was sitting right next to me. <laughs> That's so awesome. Was he the guy that got the other ticket? Uh, well, no. Um, he just he bought those on his own and you just get a random ticket for the game. Okay. And it was great. Oh, he was next to you at the game. I got you. Okay. So I had a Solani Jersey on from Winnipeg and he had a Korea Jersey on. So it kind of, it it was weird. It worked out and we just sparked a conversation that way, man. And I still talk to him this day. Um, He's a good guy. Like, yeah, love him to death. But that's really cool. I love how, yeah, we make all these connections to the hockey community just from this one experience. So you guys fly to go see Korea get his number raised to the rafters? Is that the deal the next year? Yeah. And I I was going to do the Niedermeyer one, but I, you know, I spent a little bit too much on the Paul Korea one, which that's fine. He was, for Carlos and I, we're not, we're not big guys. So our favorite player, who's a tiny guy, getting his uh, number respected by the franchise that, you know, loved him and it meant the most to him was, yeah, number one, because that's who we remember being the Ducks captain growing up. And he just yeah. loved Paul Korea. So, um, yeah, once it happened, we um, made all the arrangements and everything, showed up way early because they gave, did a special giveaway to, well, you had to donate a certain amount to uh, get these sticks that replicates his in, uh, his Easton design that he had, and then you got to go and meet Paul Korea and like that because you were supposed to meet him at the Hockey Hall of Fame, but they kind of flip flopped around with their wording, and we didn't get to meet him. So I was determined at that point, like we're gonna do that, and I kind of Carlos and I kind of ran through the crowd a little bit and got both of our sticks. We got to talk to him and um, it was great. Uh, We got to, we were probably five rows up from the ice. Um, So we got to see everything. Um, I don't know. It, the whole day was just, I don't know. I I'm still elated about it. As you can tell, I'm jumping all over, but yeah, Russ, like I, I love this story already. Uh, just because I expected you to be talking about the actual ceremony itself, but what you're talking about is more just additions to what I expected. And what I love about what you were able to do is what Cody had and what I said I wish I had. And I think what we all want um, mostly out of these Jersey retirement ceremonies, I I don't want to speak for you, but... I think why I would love to go to one of these things is because just 
the idea of given the opportunity to like shake their hand, look in their eye and tell them what they meant to me would be an opportunity I would pay for because it means a lot to me to give them the experience for a second that they gave me for a lifetime. Oh yeah. As I told him when I met him and I I started tearing up that to meet your childhood idol and just be able to tell him what the hell he meant to you and the actual sport that you love. I mean, for true hockey fans that you can't get any better than that. I mean, I know Cody has done that like just on a different level and that, that gets me choked up too for Milan that, Tip of the hat for Milan just to do everything that he's done for that whole entire spectrum with yeah. Cody and Dog Nation and everything. But yeah, for me, that was my childhood idol. I went up and told him what he meant for me, um, like the franchise and even just the sport and sport itself and his country. He meant a lot to just every facet of hockey that he touched. We had, like, seats. What was it? I think it was, like, fifth or sixth row right off the ice. So we got to see the whole entire ceremony and everything even up close. Which, I mean, I saw the Hey Duke ceremony way up in the rafters. If you've been to one, it's great. They do something individually for each player. I will speak on that. They make it unique for them, which I love. So they had all of his achievements on pucks and awards that he got, and he walked out. I mean, that's probably the loudest I've ever seen or heard and the biggest crowd that I've seen at the Honda Center because you met people that just loved him as a player for the franchise. So, yeah. I'll tell you what, Ross, like, those two experiences are amazing. I know that um, Cody's just chomping at the bit to give us his experience as well. So, Cody, uh, as an Avs fan, I can imagine going to any game is great, but of all people, to see someone like Milan Hayduk's jersey retirement, and then, you know, the way that you experienced it is unbelievable. So, dude, please give us the insight. Tell us the story. We can't wait to hear it. Oh, well, uh, a year before they actually retired Milan's uh, number, I actually started up one of those uh, change.org petitions to get Milan's number uh, started. uh, Oh, cool. Yeah, and um, everybody was, uh, I was actually giving a lot of signatures, but it, it was actually announced like maybe six months after I had started it that Milan's number would be retired. So I was like, oh, sweet. Well, uh, I guess I, I don't need to uh, keep this petition going at all. So that was kind of, that was, that was kind of like, a, just like an ironic kind of thing that happened before that. And um, I totally take credit for that. Oh, definitely me. Yeah, trendsetter so now, for sure. Yeah, my my that was my change org petition right there. That that that's that's what really got it going forward. <laughs> so, 
just as we were saying on the episode the other day, I mean, over a thousand games in an avalanche sweater. I mean, it was almost a no-brainer for for them to retire Milan's number. Oh, yeah. I mean, what an impressive resume for such an iconic player uh, at that franchise. And he's played more games than anyone else for that franchise that has their number retired. And and it's just, he's he has so much respect in my book and across the, you know, Denver community and with the fans. And that's proof in, you know, your timing of being like, you know, we need his retirement, uh, his number retired. But, oh, look, they also are doing it perfect. Yep, we all recognize it's, it. Yeah, it was great. And it, it really felt good because, I mean, Milan was always one of my favorite players back in the day. I mean, uh, just watching him play with uh, Peter Forsberg and, you know, Alex Tange, uh, you know, the amp line, that was just, mm. I mean, it was just, it was something special that, you know, not a lot of people could say that, that they got to do. And I mean, all the retired numbers for the Avalanche, it's like the pivotal, like hockey line. You know, you've got a center, you got two wings, a, two defensemen, and a goalie. Like, that is the line. And I, I would not expect any a buddy other than Milan Hayden to, like, fill that line. You know what I mean? It is really cool that it's like that of the five players it fills out a line and i mean when you it's such an easy way of looking at it too because like it's fun to fantasize about okay what is the best all-time line at my franchise and it's like well this is pretty easy as an avalanche fan just look up in the rafters boom done yeah you know? exactly it's and and like i don't know i just uh i don't i don't know if they planned it that way but i mean damn what uh, uh, what correlation? So, when you got the news, you know that his number was going to be retired. Did it? Did you immediately start making plans to figure out how you would be able to go? And oh, absolutely. What, what was I, what were the next steps? I was making sure my dad was going, my sister, her husband. I, I was making sure everybody was going. So I, I went and I, uh, you know, I. I, you know, sold a bunch of shit. So I got center ice tickets uh, in the loge for my dad, my sister, my uh, brother-in-law, and I to go, which um, which, which is the crazy part because um, when it when it actually came uh, closer to the uh, time for the game, with uh, Marty and Milan had already, like, came to my house to hang out and stuff like that, uh, through Dog Nation and all that, I get like a phone call a week before the game, and it's Marty, and he's saying, "Hey, so um, how would you like to be uh, hanging out in in the Dog Nation suite for um, for Milan's retirement?" I'm like, "Well, uh, yeah, of course I would." <laughs> and, and so he says, "Yeah, hey, here's here's two tickets for uh, for sitting in the suite." So now I've got. Now I've got um, a ticket. I've got four tickets and two extra sweet tickets for this game, which is like, I mean, well, a the, uh, I mean, sweets are great, but I, I mean, I was, you know, the tickets that I got were right, right on the red line in the loge, which is, I mean, just an incredible uh, spot to watch a hockey game. 
And uh, so Marty's like, oh, yeah, by the way, Milan Hayduk is actually going to be hanging out with us during this entire time. I'm like, oh, you you're lying what? To me. You're, you're not you're you're lying to me right now bud it's like no yeah milan's gonna come and hang out with us in the uh suite and while uh during the game and uh he's well obviously he's gonna be down on the ice for the the whole thing but yeah he's gonna be hanging out drinking beers with us and in, in the suite i'm like all right so i'm just gonna give these tickets to everybody else and i'm, I'm i guess i'm gonna go hang out with milan hayden so let me let me ask you, like, as soon as you get told that you're gonna be drinking beers with Milan on one of what you know ahead of time is going to be a day that he remembers forever, are you just like, I can't believe I get to share in this moment with him? I mean, it was it was absolutely incredible. I mean, definitely something I like. I you, you know you almost like dream of. You know, you're like, man. I wish I could be there hanging out with, uh, hanging out with, you know, like the Sedin, uh, the Sedin twins. I wish I could be hanging out with like, you know, it's almost like it's, it's so surreal. It's, it really is. It's just, uh, it's great to see it though. I mean, the entire time he was just so, he was elated. I mean, has this huge smile on his face the entire time. It was, I mean, it's, it's definitely something you'll never forget. It's, and but at yeah, at the same time you look at it, you're like, I this isn't real. I'm not I'm not right here right now. You know, I've I went to the Peter Forsberg jersey retirement, I went to the Joe Sackick, Patrick Wall, you know, um Adam Foote, all those. But, you know, it it definitely was uh a hundred times uh a hundred times more jubilant and like meaningful, I think. To like be able to be in be in his presence on his night for sure. Oh yeah, I mean, I like how you just rattle off the other four like it's no big deal. I mean, Cody <laughs> is a super fan. It's actually pretty cool that you became a huge fan because they were just dominating right off the bat. And I I was talking to Shadow I think just last night with you and Shadow, weren't you the one that? said like oh i'm getting a canucks one and an avalanche one and i'm an avalanche fan because of when they were rolling over teams at the beginning yeah so my fandom as a hockey fan because i immigrated here in 96 and i didn't really get into hockey say about 2000 huh hmm. coincidence <laughs> right so the first game i ever watched was a game ironically between the canucks and the avalanche and that was when, like, guys like Peter Forsberg, Joe Sackick, Patrick Wall, all those guys were just monsters. And I saw, I think, one of the games, I don't remember if it was the 2000 season, but this basically solidified, solidified my fandom as an ass fan back then when I saw Peter Forsberg, my favorite player to this day, just deep out an entire team you know guys are like trying to like push him shove him off the puck he's just shakes it on he's like nah bro i'm gonna score right now and he did and i'm like i don't know who that is but he's my favorite player so i looked him up peter forsberg i'm like yeah he's my favorite player so that fandom of the avalanche never died oh man but i won't consider myself as a diehard fan like you are or like those other people i know but i can still you know support them and knowing that 
you know, this team is where my roots of hockey fandom came from. And obviously, like, as a hometown Canucks guy, I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll cheer for the Canucks too, because, you know, hometown, and I'm setting myself up for disappointment <laughs> anyways. So, so yeah, I definitely have a fandom in both teams, but the Avalanche is where I, who I give the credit to for getting me into hockey in the first place. So, Contrary to popular belief, it's not the Canucks or the Penguins or any other team. It's the Avalanche. And even during their down years, of as of recent, I, I still had hope, like, they're going to do well. I, I, I know it, you know, things suck, but they're going to do well. So, yeah, that is just, like, you just listening to you being able to go to these retirement ceremonies, it makes me kind of jealous, honestly, because I would have given my arm to go to Peter Forsberg's retirement ceremony because he is my ultimate hockey hero. Cody, who's your favorite hockey player of all time? Oh, geez. Um, we've, we've actually just been talking about it. I think it's that, uh, that Forsberg fella. So there you go. I'm right. I'm right there with you. I mean, uh, Fopa was one of a kind, man. Absolutely. It's just a tragedy of, you know, his style kind of made his career get cut short, but you know, in his prime, I'm pretty sure you can test like he's damn near unstoppable. Oh yeah. Speaking of like Peter Forsberg, that was an, another really incredible part about Milan's uh, retirement ceremony is that um, they actually had um, Alex Tange and Peter Forsberg carry the Stanley Cup from um, from like the uh, the first level onto the ice. That was a complete surprise to everyone, even. Even Milan. Yeah, I mean, I was kind of looking up some Jersey retirement ceremonies prior to us talking with Milan. And I was like, dude, the cup is not at a lot of people's Jersey retirements, like, at all. And I know there's two of them. We all know that. Um, but um, still, I and then I was like, oh, yeah, well, the Sedins didn't win one, so it wouldn't be at theirs. Awkward. But then at the same time, there's a ton of players that do win cups, and that's a big reason they are retired. Um, and they they don't get that experience. So it was cool. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was insane because, you know, all the lights went down and, and like they, they just had a spotlight over on like some random part in the uh, stands. And then, yeah, here comes Popa and Tanger bringing the Stanley Cup down for uh, for Milan's retirement. So, and, and like, just like I said earlier, it, like, you know, Milan, he played on a line with Alex and Peter through that entire cup, uh, cup winning year. So it's like, it's just so fitting that those two are bringing it down. And how, I mean, to see how many goals in that have come off all three of those guys' sticks in, like, you know, in tandem – and then to see this at, at you know, uh, Duke's uh, culmination of his career, it's just, it's just magical, really. I mean, like, it's cool because what the, the moment does when the cup is there, like, it goes from everyone in suits to them relaxing a little bit and being like, yeah, we won this. This is cool. Like, we're all here again together. And it was like a little reunion, you know? And I noticed, like, they all kind of really appreciated that part of it because... Cody, you went to the others. Did the cup show up to everybody's? No, no, definitely not. So that's that's pretty special. Uh, um, oh, 
Absolutely. And I mean, yeah, just like you said, I think everybody can agree that when Stanley's Stanley Cup is in, in the building, I think everyone's uh, a little happier. There's a little bit uh, bigger hitch in their step. I, yeah, I uh, agree. Or in Vancouver's case, the pitchforks get a little bit hotter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Stanley. So um, Cody, you know, I'm, I really, appreciate your take and i know shadow is gushing as much as i am i i'm glad that he was an abs fan too i knew that i didn't know fopa was his favorite player too he, he can't be mine just because of what he did to korea and team canada in the 90s uh i just i i still cringe about that but that's what happens when you're a good player so anything else to tell us about the hayduke retirement you know what was what was actually really cool uh zalata his wife actually she she had sewn together like pictures of milan's jersey you know the 23 and she was actually handing them out to everybody saying thank you so like she was saying thank you to everybody that had come and like handing out these little like hand stitched pictures of Milan's jersey and I just thought that was like that was just really cool I don't I don't know if like anybody else has ever done that but I mean it was just really cool to see that um she realized how important it was to not only Milan but everybody else there because Milan was such a incredible part of you know our fandom and our you know our love for the avalanche and so she was thanking everybody else for all for being like a fan of Milan's by handing out these little like stitchings. And I actually have one of them and it's really cool. I just thought that was like a really super classy move. Wow. I mean, we both know from talking to Milan, he's a classy guy, but sounds like he found an amazing partner to spend his life with. That's great. That's really cool. Yeah, Zolata was great. Yeah, and the entire time she was just so happy for Milan, and she had at least like twenty to thirty of them that she was handing them out. Maybe twenty three. That was really cool. That's really maybe twenty three. Cool. Yeah, maybe twenty three. All, right. All right, let me try to figure out how to segue this. Um, well, wow, what an amazing family, and I I hear that they've had children since. And actually, wait a minute, they've had two twin boys that play hockey. Wait a minute, they're going to Harvard soon. Wait a minute. We just had Sedine twins retire in Vancouver. Uh-oh. Looks like there's a vacancy. Um, so, Shadow, Sedine twin retirement, man. Wonder twins. Swedish twins. Like, my... Uh, I Arguably my favorite Canucks just because of how much they meant to me when I moved to Vancouver. And maybe it was the same for you. Tell us about it. So as soon as they retired uh, or announced their retirement in the 17-18 season, we knew, you know, just there's going to be a retirement ceremony. There is no doubt that the Canucks would not retire 22 and 33. So uh, we were, I was waiting maybe out during the 18-19 season. I didn't think they would do that because, you know, it's not like that year was a pretty mm -hmm. down year for the Canucks. And then... Then the very next year, which was this past season, would have been the 50th anniversary. So I figured, you know, they're mm -hmm. going to probably do something with that during the 50th anniversary to make it a little more hurrah. And they did. 
uh, they announced it. So I, I told myself, I'm going to go regardless of how much it costs. Um, just buying the ticket is just st- so, so stressful because tickets were going on for like 500, 600. Oh. Sometimes individually, I'm like, this is insane, but I, I, I like, I don't know if I can spend 500 on one ticket. But a fellow, a friend of mine who is a season ticket holder who wasn't able to go, uh, he sold me one for 250. I'm like, yes, please. <laughs> give me that ticket right now. I'll give you my money. Decent so guy. That's how I was Love able to go. That. Love that. Yeah. 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 He doesn't try to scalp like most people do. So he's a good guy and I can vouch for him any day. So that's how I got to go. Um, there were the ceremony. Uh, it's it was just amazing um you know they had guys like roberto luongo alex burroughs kevin bieksa uh yannick hansen marcus nasland stan smeo uh, trevor linden um and ryan kessler uh, attend as as well as um like their family and friends and everything so that was really amazing to see because the oh, pinnacle totally. of their careers would have been the 2011 stanley cup final run and we don't talk about how that ended, but you know just how how much they achieved as a duo with one team is something that I think everyone can agree that that's one hell of an achievement. Um, just being at this ceremony, uh, <laughs> it was amazing because you know it just brings back a lot of good memories as a Canucks fan, you know, during their heydays, just no look passes, knowing where each other would be, um, you know, whoever they, whoever their other winger was, whether it was Anson Carter or Alex Burroughs or Yannick Hansen or whoever, they would just make that person better. And they would just help them, you know, this is what we're going to do. Just be here when we say for you to be there and you're going to score. And And they would be like, okay, sure. We'll see how that works. And they would get a goal like right after that place. So that's how dynamic those guys were during their heydays. And they had a video up like showing their past, you know, uh, achievements and everything. And it just definitely brings back really good memories of just jumping out of my seat and be like, holy crap. <laughs> Did they just do that again? They made plays that we will never see again. Yeah. And, you know, you'll, during their later years, you know, guys like Connor McDavid, uh, they would, he would admit, like, yeah, whenever we had to play Vancouver, we would try to figure out a way to stop the Sidians. Because even when they were on the decline, they they were still pretty dangerous. And for someone of Connor McDavid's caliber to be like, yeah, we spent <laughs> one practice trying to figure out how to stop him, it speaks to a lot about how freaking good they were, um, despite, you know, and like unfortunately just one thing that broke my heart a little during the ceremony was they had a they had a corridor of like their medals and trophies that they won like they won the gold medal in 2006 um daniel won the silver in 2014 but henrik wasn't there because injury um they had like the world championships you know all the all these things the art ross all that just you know just the one heartbreaking thing was there was no Stanley Cup <laughs> ring to achieve that, which was super unfortunate. But you know, it it is how it is. But just each of them having achieved individual awards alone is something that only just 
we can just I, dream about. I just so uh, I I'll gush over them forever because I just even know that they're great people in the community, just like Hey Duke. You know, these guys are doing amazing things for the hospital there in Vancouver, and they continue to live there and be part of their community for years to come. And their legacy will continue to bring lots of positive memories to Vancouver. And I'm so grateful for all of the plays and all of the memories that they gave us. But it's also just really amazing to me that, you know, you have one win the Art Ross and then the next year the other one does. You have both of them be incredibly good players. I mean, in not one carrying the other. They are two independent, amazing players that complement each other that much better. And I know Ross would say, like, the Korea-Solani tandem is incredible. There is no way, in my mind, we'll ever see a better synergy between two players than we saw with Henrik and Daniel Sedin. Uh, that's impossible. That is yeah. impossible. I mean... Uh, just just for my outlook, I mean, Swedes have always been incredible passers, can always and can utilize the ice so well. And then when you multiple, uh, when you double one one Swede that can find ice and uh, fit the puck in anywhere, that's the Sedin brothers, and there's just no way of stopping them. Yeah, like I think if you look up on YouTube, ugh, I don't know who they faced against, but it was literally Henrik, I think, 200 foot pass to Daniel near the opponent's size. And I don't think he was even looking. I don't think he even knew if Daniel was there, but he just passed it, bank passed all the way to the other end of the ice. Daniel gets it before any of the other team players did it or gets it and he just scores and you can see that exact play happened uh between Brock Besser and Elias Pettersson last year where Pettersson does the exact same thing Besser gets the puck ahead of the ass players and just scores and everyone's just going crazy like oh my god yeah. that's a Sedin play concerning the fact that Pedersen has never played with the Sidians. He came into the league one year after the Sidians retired. So you see that legacy still standing in the Canucks organization today. And a guy of Pedersen's caliber to, you know, maybe one day hold that mantle. I think he's already doing that. But just to live up to that kind of legacy, like that legacy is still there. Whether, you know, it'll be five years, 10 years from now that what they've done for the city, what for this team is it's just <laughs> I, yeah. I, I get speechless just trying to talk about me too it right it's now, really so. fun to have another person that like shares the passion and appreciation because uh i could keep going on but it's really awesome to see what you just described taking hold with the organization now and you know i've always joked with my friends that the canucks are kind of like a pseudo team sweden because they do have good swedish presence on the team at all times and i love alex edler i loved matthias oland all those guys were just solid defenders and really respectable guys too and uh it's I, and not just in the canucks organization that play you're talking about is done around the nhl now that whole dump it 
because the icing rule changed and my brother's going to be skating full speed to get it off the corner board to pop out into the center slot and me have a shot on net is done. And I'm not ready to give the Sedins credit, but I don't remember seeing it done before them. And to your other comment, Shadow, about like, uh, just look up um, you on YouTube that clip. Look up on YouTube, like, top assists of all time in the NHL. And as soon as you get into the top 20, the Sedins have half the list. Yeah. <laughs> so going back to the retirement ceremony. And oh, yeah, that so, part. Oh, yeah, <laughs> the whole point of this. So um, ironically, our opponent was the Chicago Blackhawks, and they gave up that Sedin team... Lot of tough times, so it's only appropriate that you know the opponent would be the Blackhawks. Oh, yeah. Um, just in terms of the ceremony itself, I think I missed out a c- couple of details. Like, for those who don't know the Canucks history too well, Kevin Bieksa is the oh, yeah. comedian <laughs> on the team. Like, that guy can chirp for days, and he was also the guy who sent the Canucks to the Stanley Cup finals in double overtime against San Jose in 2011. So it was only appropriate for someone like him who's a fan favorite regardless like even after his trade he was he's a fan favorite so it was only appropriate for him to speak uh on yes. behalf of them yes just before yes the so the whole whole ceremony is on youtube so if you guys didn't watch it feel free to do it just the guy's funny <laughs> he chirps them but he also knows like like it's out of love it's out of mad respect for what the sittings were able to do and even he's acknowledged like their legacy in Vancouver will remain just not in the rink, outside the rink. Their charity work has been just amazing. And I'm sure, you know, if you talk to people at, at Canucks for Kids or the Children's Hospital, they'll just talk endlessly for of how much, you know, the twins spent time there just getting to know people, to doing a lot of charity work. Not you know, because they have to or just they're obligated. It's just they really care for the city, you know. And I at one point during an interview, they were like, no, we fell in love with the city before the city even knew who we were in 1999. Of course, it took us fans a while to kind of get, you know, like them and fall in love with who they are as players and people. But just they loved us first. And I think that legacy will remain in Vancouver for the foreseeable future. And like, if they don't have a statue somewhere in Vancouver, that's going to be a freaking crime. I, I guarantee it. I agree. Vancouver riot 2020, no Sabine statues. That's funny. Three. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of like, uh, it's been a while. We haven't had a riot. Oh, there's no statue yet. Oh, I made a change.org thing and it's been a month. Okay, riot time. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it's safe to say though, you know, that both ceremonies in both of your opinions and eyes was done well and done well for the fans and the fans appreciated it, which is, I think, a great thing to be able to say about a ceremony. Not like I don't expect that from the fans, but I both feel from hearing your stories that they were done right and properly, which I like to hear for sure. And Shadow, I want to ask you, one of the things that really kind of bothers me and um, about the whole Jersey retirement ceremony is then um, there's a few people that 
in the Canucks organization won't have their jersey retired um, because they just didn't play long enough with the Canucks, but it was also because they fell on hard times and passed away. And so I know that like Canucks fans are a lot more familiar with the concept that we're not allowed to like Mark Messier. I'm wondering if you can tell us a little or as much about that as you want, but in particular, do you know the part related to wearing jersey number 11? Ooh, my history's a little fuzzy, but based on what I remember, number 11 was last worn by a player who fortunately passed away a um, long time ago. And I, I wasn't even a fan of hockey, I don't think, back then. I don't remember. Mm-hmm. But, like... And then when Messier came to Vancouver after the 94 Cup win, after he beat the team, ironically, he apparently demanded that number to be unretired and uh, and also took the captaincy from Trevor Linden, who records apparently go to show that, you know, he offered it and then Messier took it, but he also demanded 11 to be unretired. So, um, and then the subsequent just fiasco of between him, Mike Keenan, and just the disaster that happened during his tenure here just made Canucks fans really, really despise him. And I personally can't, wasn't alive or just a fan during that time, but just reading about it just makes me really mad about just how dare he, you know, takes a dead, a, a dead player's number because he, for whatever reason, he thought he, he deserved it or something like that. So, um, Honestly, I'm not the best person to talk about it. Maybe you can ask El Damaso Grande in the Discord to kind of talk about it because I'm pretty sure he knows more about this than I do. But just based on what I know, he he basically handcuffed the team into yeah. doing what he wanted. And Mike Keenan, the coach at the time, was of no help either. He basically encouraged that. He also apparently bullied Trevor Linden because of his coaching um, coaching, what do you call it? Coaching habits, for lack of a better word. Like the way he coached, like it, it didn't sit well with Lyndon. And to this day, Lyndon's a fan favorite. And going back to the ceremony, that guy received a thunderous applause out of all the guests that were announced. So that just shows a testament to how much he still loved in Vancouver. But, you know, during that messy era, he he did his best to, you know, be as positive as possible but you know when you have a guy toxic figure like Messi and keenan in the locker room there's only so much you can do it's so much only so much you can stand but in terms of just yeah Messi left a bad taste in everyone's mouth and that's also coming off a cup win that his new york rangers beat the canucks in 94 to, for the stanley cup and yeah. then he comes to vancouver the year after so that kind of made a, a lot of canucks fans really suspicious and salty like why do we want him he just beat us like like for example if uh brad marchant came to vancouver after 2011 i think people would be a little po'd concerning how much he was a brat <laughs> i'm sure he's a he's a damn good player and i'm sure we would have loved to have him like the feeling might have been gone but you know just at that time if you if someone you hate so much that just beat your team in a stanley cup final comes to your team you would still be a little salty wouldn't you would you not so um in terms of the history i'm a little fuzzy on that but 
Dagio, you basically just nailed it. I, I think that's funny. It's like, oh, well, you might have to consult some experts, but you actually ticked all the boxes in enough of a way that people get the idea completely. I mean, um, <laughs> so good job, because like that's it's it's really hard to pinpoint one specific reason why Canucks fans hate Messier, because there's a lot of ways that you can look for an excuse to do so. And it's because he took the captaincy from Lyndon, which I think in a way makes us respect Lyndon more because we know that he offered it. And what would be the classy thing for Messier to do is decline it because that's what Gretzky does when he goes to the Rangers. And it's just like a, an indication that Messier is like, oh, you're going to give it to me? Yeah, even though you've been the captain of this team forever. Uh, he also kind of eventually forced a trade of Linden out of Vancouver as well with Keenan, which doesn't help. And also the Keenan um, Messier thing is because of their time in New York together and the 94 finals, like you're talking about. Um, but the Jersey related thing is also something that you touched on, which is like, it's Wayne Mackey. Okay, so this is the problem I have with this situation. So Wayne Mackey died in 1974 from a brain aneurysm, essentially. And he didn't play a very long career with the Canucks, but he was a well-respected player by the Canucks, and he wore number 11. And so since his death, even all the way back in 74, no one has worn number 11. And then he comes in and he asks for it, and, and it's like, Maybe the dude isn't aware, so give him a pass, right? But the reason it's so annoying to me is because the Mackey family protested, and it was like, no, I don't care. I'm still, I still want it, and like right. that to me, I'm like, oh, okay, buddy. Like the irony that there is a leadership award named after you in the NHL is just so mind-boggling to me at that point. So, I. Yeah, I agree with having a leadership award. Like, who are you, despite your achievements, to say that you deserve an award named after you for leadership? And yes, I totally forgot about that detail. The Mackey family did say no to him wanting 11, but he still got it anyway. He demanded it. And that's what rubs Canucks fans the wrong way. Yep. And to this day, you know, those who were alive during that time, they'll despise Messi to the till their graves because of that, because of how disrespectful and how unleadership like that was. And yeah, ever since he left, no one's worn an eleven because pretty sure new players coming in, they're like, I don't want to grab flack from fans if I grab eleven, so I'm just gonna go with a different number. Oh, they're just smart and have common sense and respect. And, yeah, same with number uh, 28 and 37. Those aren't retired, but they've been taken out of circulation because of, you know, the last guys who wore those. And out of respect, um, no player is going to, no nuke player or trade traded player is going to wear those. Although for 37, I th apparently the Winnipeg Jets have been granted author permission from the Rippon family to for one of the players to wear it out of respect and, you know, honor so there is a chance you know that could happen in vancouver but i i severely doubt that will happen. yeah 
Yeah, you're also going to do very okay in trivia later. Okay, so Cody, I'm curious. The other question I have for you around this is it's Ray Bork. Ray Bork has his number retired despite the fact that he was only with the Avalanche for 15 months. But the justification goes that, I mean, and no argument from this guy here, that Bork is a legend and his contributions outweighed his time spent there. And there was a lot of respect for Bork throughout the league, even in his early days in Boston. So I just wanted to know if you agree with the retirement, why, and and if you wanted to weigh in on that whole debate, if you think there even is one. I mean, I I definitely see see why they retired um, Bork's number in Colorado. Uh, The fact that he spent so little time here and he really had – more of an illustrious career in Boston. I mean, obviously, uh, I just it's it's kind of it's kind of on the fence of like why why do we do it? But I I do I mean obviously the one thing he was chasing his entire career he wins it in Colorado and I mean was a gigantic part of the team in doing so. To be completely honest with you, I'd probably think about maybe somebody else before I thought of Bork, just be, just because of what they were to the Avs. But I mean, uh, just I mean, uh, we're talking about like you know Alexi Gusarov or I mean, uh, Uwe Krupp, you know, uh, just some of these off the off the top of my head. I mean, it, it's it's awesome that uh, uh, Bork did win the cup with with us. Uh, I mean, obviously, for you know his his own career and my own selfish reasons, but I mean, it is what it is. It's um, I mean, I'm I'm proud to have this. I have 77 up in my rafters, but uh, it's just it um, it is kind of it is borderline like uh, did we really have to do that or um, you know it's 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 kind of you know. It's kind of just, uh, you know, just the player that Ray Bork was and the fact that he got to play on the Avalanche is a really great thing. And now his number's in our rafters. So, I mean, it's not like uh, I'm fully against it by any means. It's like, oh, yeah, get 77 out of here. I mean, um, I'm very proud to to have uh, had him on, on the team. And to for him to win a Stanley Cup on the Avalanche. So, I mean, uh, I don't I don't see I don't, I can't really think of anybody who would really be so much against it like, yeah, I don't want Ray Bork's number uh retired on my team. What the hell's up with that? I mean, I just I don't see anybody really uh wanting to dispute that. Yeah, weren't Bruins fans like they weren't salty about him going if i remember like they were they were cheering him on like yeah this is your last chance man go chase a cup go get that cup and i i don't know i'm pretty sure this is right but they're still he's still revered and loved in boston as well as colorado like it's not a it's not like okay you can screw off if you want to chase a cup like so much for loyalty it's like you know you bled and sweated for this team for so long like yeah go go get a cup it's your time and we'll support you 100% of the way so I, honestly like <laughs> in terms of Ray Bork like I think that's such an awesome 
camaraderie, for lack of a better word, between two teams, you know, for Agreed. regarding one player, you know, having spent so long at one team and then, you know, just saying, I want to chase a cup. That's the one I want to do. This is my last shot. If I don't, so be it. And for the, his, the team that he played for for so long, you know, cheering him on, I think that that's just amazing. And I can't say that's the same for a lot of players who went to chase a cup and, you know, after spending so long at so much time in one team and just wanting to chase a cup. I don't know how many players have have the privilege of, you know, having their former team back you and support you all the way during your cup chasing years. So, yeah, I think that's just something notable and something just awesome to remember during that during his and time. And I think here. that really actually just speaks to the character and player that was Ray Bork. I mean, your uh, your team that you played for so long that have seen chances to win a Stanley Cup and you leave and they're still, you know, they're still cheering uh, cheering for you. I think that really speaks to his character. You know, uh, the only player that I can think of that uh, it would be in the same boot kind of boat would be, you know, Daniel Alfredson when he left Ottawa to go play for Detroit that one last year. Uh, they, I mean, they still absolutely love Alfie and um, in Ottawa. I mean, he was made a Canadian citizen, and like everybody was extremely excited after he retired. So, I mean, not a lot of players get that, uh, you know, get that status. Yeah, I, and I think Cody, and I'm just being devil's advocate because I have no problem with this. It's the fact that Bork was the first Avalanche number retired that just find it just it's weird I, to me like i i feel like they were like oh shit we're in, we're a franchise and we should probably have a retired number so let's do that now was yeah, he really was. yes i thought it would have been sakic or like patrick wall but yeah i'm doing look them up now and 2001 that's insane <laughs> here's the other part they announced it before the bruins yeah i i mean Whoa, so it's like, weird. so it's yeah, weird, it was, right? It's a like, little weird. I, yeah, I'll I'll agree with you all the way. The way it was handled was really weird. But I mean, uh, when I mean Joe was still playing, and uh, I mean Pat yeah. Patrick was still playing. I mean, um, obviously Forsberg had moved on to uh, you know a couple different teams, and I mean even Foot was still playing. So really, all like the. Uh, the legendary players that had played for the abs were not retired yet. So it's like, I mean, Ray Borg's the, the only one that, uh, you know, actually at that time was like, you know, retired and just, I guess it just worked out that way. It is, it's, it's extremely odd that he was the first member retired and especially you know, because he didn't have a long tenure with the Avalanche, it, it, it is strange. Don't get me wrong. I mean, uh, the whole scenario is just a very odd uh, odd thing to think about. It is a little weird how it was handled, and I, I would have liked to have seen Boston get first crack at the announcement and stuff, but I also feel like the Avalanche were just trying to become a franchise with history as soon as possible. You know, we're, we're taking advantage of the fact that we move here. We win a cup. We want our fans. We want to raise a number to the rafters. We want to start establishing a presence here. Like I don't doubt, I don't, I don't knock them for doing it. 
other than the fact that I really, the only thing that kind of like from a, a polite or classy point of view, I just kind of wish Boston got first. Uh, yeah, I fully you know? agree. I um, absolutely agree. I agree. But, you know, I think everyone on this call will agree that that moment of Sakic passing Bork the cup is the best celebration I've ever seen in the NHL for this cup Hands celebration. Down. Or if it's not, it's in the top five for everybody who knows anything about hockey. Oh, I tear up even to this day oh, same. watching that. Just good God. Like the emotions that he must have felt. Like, it's like, <laughs> I won't cry. I won't cry. Zooms in on kid who's crying. Oh, well, fuck me. All right. Never mind. Yeah, like, yeah pretty much. Yeah, that was. Um... <laughs> but you see his son crying for his dad i'm just like okay i don't know if you have no soul and aren't crying right now something's yeah. wrong with you man yeah i'm getting a little emotional Agreed. talking about yeah, it right I'm now too so moving on I'm a little choked up. <laughs> yeah no seriously I, I i totally agree so guys i really appreciate you coming on we're gonna wrap it up now with some trivia it's all around jersey retirements and some controversial or tidbits every trivia is different in terms of if it's multiple choice or true false, but it always is three questions. It always is. If you get two of three, right, you get a prize and it always is. You get a prize from our sponsor. So that's really exciting. It's just, we don't have a sponsor yet. So the prize is basically just whatever I feel like giving you guys and knowing we're Jersey addicts so far, I've just thought, I think a tub of OxyClean is everyone's favorite accessory. So why not? That's what's on the line tonight. Um, you get to soup some jerseys if you do well in trivia. Does that sound good to you guys? <laughs> Sounds good to me. All right. Okay. So I've got a question for each one of you guys designed around three different topics. So the first one is goal celebrations for players with retired numbers. And so, Cody, your question is, what Selly is Hayduke famous for? Swim, baby, the swim. Yeah, so tell us the background quickly on that, Selly, and why uh, you I did mean, it. I mean, Dallas yeah. overtime goal, uh, it's just, it's, it, it, uh, Milan, I, I think, actually, uh, Popa set him up on, on uh, just a sick-ass backhand uh, and slips it in. Skates around the side of the boards, does a little wiggle, flies uh, belly first on the ice, and just starts swimming, swimming to safety, man. Oh, it was so great, right? It was like a new take on the kayak. I fucking loved it. it oh, was it, great. Was, uh, it was. Uh, I mean, it was an incredible. Like we, my, I was watching with my family and just cracking up after that. It was the best thing I think I've ever seen ever. <laughs> All right. Uh... Shadow, here's your question around Sellies, and it's not related to retired numbers, but it is related to unofficially retired numbers. Okay. Alexander Burroughs sometimes does this celebration when he scores a goal to honor his friend who passed away, Luke Bourdon, whose number is unofficially retired by the Canucks. What is the celebration that Alexander Burroughs does? The bow and arrow towards the sky. That's right. So explain. So for those who don't know, Luke Bourdon, he passed away in a motorcycle crash in 2008. 
he was very good friends with Alex Burroughs. Um, so just on occasion, whenever Burroughs scores a goal, he would uh, imitate, you know, shooting a bow and arrow towards the sky and just pointing up and in honor of his friend, Luke. Um, the most recent I remember he's done is him his overtime goal in game two against the Bruins in the finals. Um, yeah, that's the most recent I think he's done it. I don't remember if he's done it since, but that. Yeah, it's, um, I, yeah. <laughs> every time I see him do that, man, I freaking love it because that was Luke Burdon's celebration. You know, that's the obvious tie in there. Um, oh, man, I freaking love seeing that. And like, as a Canucks fan, we saw that this last year a little bit too with Troy Stetcher. You know, like right. he he scores and he looks skyward, and it's also like the Martin Saint Louis scoring on Mother's Day when his mom passes away, and I'm just wow. like, oh man, it'll get me every time. Like, yeah. hey, so Ross, your first question is, what Selly is Solani famous for? Where he did this one in a Jets jersey? Oh yeah, no, he did the whole. Uh, he threw his glove up and just shot that out of the sky. Uh, so freaking love it, man! I love that. I love ones. that, Shelly. Oh I don't. God. I've never had the balls to do that one in any league, shape, or form ever. No, well, I feel him and Milan's are like the two best, like Sellys, because you got Milan swimming. Yeah, you got Solani just throwing his glove up in the air, shooting it down like it's a live bird. So, oh, that's I mean, pretty amazing. Uh, yeah, you know what I love about that is that he goes on to play for the Ducks, and it kind of looks like a duck hunt situation. Like, it, I right? feel like it was a missed opportunity. <laughs> they could have done more with that once they got to the Ducks. You know, anyway. right? Uh, great job. So you're one for one so far. And then uh, your next question is related to unofficially retired numbers with your club okay so your question is two anaheim ducks players have won the con Smythe trophy but only one has their number retired so who is the other player who has unofficially had their number retired and no one has worn it since his retirement 10 years ago and he was also on the losing end of it too. Oh, so okay. that was that was JSG here, Jean Sebastian Ziegler. I love I I love him. He was stand up for us like since we got him. Like seriously, um, the Avs got him too late, but Calgary Hartford. Do you think his number will get retired by the Ducks? It better be. He has been a staple in this franchise or in that franchise for all the detrimental, like the 2003 playoffs, and then he's winning the 2007 Stanley Cup. So he has had a huge, huge impact on that whole entire franchise for us. Yeah, I expect him to get there. And I think with Jaguar, too, I think one of the moments I really love about how you said they got him. Uh, the Habs got him late in the career and oh, yeah. similar to what you're saying earlier about how, you know, Korea and Solani don't retire at the same time, but they get inducted at the same time. Uh, Jiggy doesn't finish his career with Anaheim, but he nope. plays his last game in the same game against Anaheim that Solani plays his last game. 
Yes, and that was at the pond too, if I remember. So, so how freaking cool is that? That yeah. after we all know Solani is the legend that he is in every category for the Ducks, he also is like, you know what? This moment is just as much for Jiggy as it is for me. Oh yeah. And uh, for those unfamiliar, you got to watch the clip. But he basically stops the spotlight just being on him and goes over to Shiger and they all they take a victory lap together. It's freaking beautiful. Oh, yeah. So, Cody, your question. The Avalanche have moved from Quebec. And when that happened, they unretired four players' numbers from the Quebec Nordiques franchise, meaning those numbers are back in circulation technically for anyone on the Avalanche to wear. And now with the reverse retro jerseys being released and the Avalanche doing their threads, there's bound to be controversy over whether or not those numbers get used or not. So this is your question. It's multiple choice. It is which one of these is not one of the players who was originally had their number retired by the Nordiques. Okay. So all of the players I'm about to list were retired by the Nordiques, except one. And you have to tell me which one of these was not retired. All right. Is it JC Tremblay, Mark Tardif, Grant Fuhr, Michael Houlet, or Peter Statsny? Oh, you know what? I think um, I got to go pure. Correct. I thought so. Way to go. I thought so. He didn't have a very good career with Quebec. I mean, he just didn't like what we've been talking about. It, in my opinion, he's a legend and he's in the Hall of Fame. He just didn't have a tenure long enough with that club to justify retirement. That's all. I think that's why everyone loved when Statsny came for the Avalanche because his dad played for the Nordiques and stuff like that. And there was always like a big soft spot for him with the history. Yeah, him, there and stuff. yeah but... him using his pops number. I thought that was awesome. Exactly. So that, that was my tie in there was like, it's kind of cool because every now and then you see the opposite of a Mark Messier where it's like, actually, yeah, I do love the fact that you unretired that number because your son is using it. That is effing cool, Agreed. right? Okay, so you guys are just, you know, doing great. Shadow looks like Cody, you're in the in the green already. You're you got OxyClean bonus question headed your way, but Cody. Shadow, you still got to get one right. So I have a feeling you got this one though. We've talked about Luke Bourdon, we've talked about Wayne Mackey, and my question for you is: There's another number no Canuck has ever worn since his death in august 2011 can you name the player and number rick rippon 37 correct and uh for those of you who don't know who rick rippon is you should and there's a lot of reasons you should uh he's part of an initiative on um doing mental health awareness that he wanted to start when he was still alive he passed away from mental illness issues it's called project 11 it's actually run by the GM of someone related to the Winnipeg Jets organization. Rick Rippin was arguably by every NHL player's standards of all time, the best pound for pound fighter and enforcer in the NHL. That guy had no business winning fights that he did. 
and he played all the time so hard and so i'm so glad that no one has the disrespect to take that number and i'm glad you knew that answer anything else you want to add about that well just that he was very good friends with kevin bx who i mentioned before so after his death uh bx started you know trying to bring more awareness to mental health and depression and you know how it affects anyone and everyone and you know he i believe during his time he also spoke at you know, like universities and you know those ted talk kind of you know conferences about mental health and how it's important to you know keep each other accountable like if you know if you notice a friend you know, not acting usually the way they are you know to check up on them to know that everyone's fighting some kind of mental battle and that it's important to you know, be kind and to just help each other as much as possible. And I believe that program is still around just in mm-hmm. a different perspective in Vancouver, but it's definitely helped kickstart, you know, mental illness in the NHL, I would say. Yep. And good ad because, um, okay. So these are just bonus questions. Now, I think you also kind of want to see if you can get them right. Oh, so, yeah. uh, I've got, so the last question is i've never tried this question before you have 10 seconds and when i stop talking you have to give me an answer but you're only allowed to give one answer so whatever you say is your final answer so think about it but don't take longer than 10 seconds and i can't tell you the question because as soon as i finish the question that's when your 10 seconds starts so do you guys at least understand the premise of the question Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. Okay, great. All right. So there are multiple correct answers options for each club. And your question is, what number has never been worn by your franchise? 83. God. 99. 7? Yeah. No, that was Cosliano. Nope. I I was like, I wonder if anyone will go 99 because it was like, retired league wide so that would have been like a fucking layup oh clever easy. guy i feel like yeah. that's cheating uh, a little bit but i'll take it no it's not that's 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 you knowing the game of hockey you know so uh i'm i'm glad that you got that one and um just a cody uh sorry you're wrong matt nieto wore 83 from 2017 to 2020 oh shit yeah <laughs> oh my god that's right yeah, I was thinking of so, Nieto. I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Great job, guys, on the trivia. You got a tub of OxyClean coming your way. So congrats on that. And uh, I just want to thank you so much for uh, coming on the show. And it was awesome to have all three of you here tonight. And I'm just really thankful for your time. So before we sign off and head over to Milan, hey, Duke. I'm just curious, do any of you guys want to give any thanks or shout outs or uh, polyester service announcements? Um, I just want to say thanks for having me on, man. I, I love I love talking about hockey jerseys, hockey, anything. And uh, yeah, thanks. Uh, thanks to everybody that's listening. And yeah, that's all I got. Yeah, likewise. Thanks for having me on. You know, it was 
I know the ceremony for me just happened not too, like about, I don't know, 10 months ago, but it's really such a relief to be able to talk about it and with a community that, you know, knows and really shares that kind of passion. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, you know, I look forward to the final product. I look forward to, you know, speaking with you guys again in the future. Agreed. I would say to the listeners, uh, definitely, as I've heavily recommended, I kind of implore you, actually, to, if you can, go to an induction. It is the funnest thing in the world. The whole entire experience is amazing. And then, yeah, um, Jersey's retirements, too. Those are always just a blast. But, um, yeah, friends and family, thank you, Daniel, for having me on your wonderful podcast and talking about my experiences. Appreciate you, and uh, we'll be talking to you soon there, Daniel. Thanks again, Ross. I'm just going to say big shout-out to Milan Hayduk for coming on the show and giving us some answers. I also want to plug this other podcasts i'm a part of you know cody do you remember what we do oh yeah on the bench with beaks that's a pretty sweet place to check out so definitely hit that up and (laughs) what you're about to hear is just part of the on the bench with beaks episode so if you like the questions we asked him about his jersey retirement and why he wears number 23 or 24 in international competition awesome check out the full interview because it's got some great bangers in there too from cody and ross and the other guys too so thanks everyone from list for listening really appreciate your support and we'll catch you next time welcome back to another episode of on the bench with beak i am your humble host cody beekman (laughs) and with me as always is bryce mcmillan How's it going, fella? Milan, thanks for your time, bud. And we got Ross Mormeyer. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Hope you're all doing well. And we've got Daniel Beatty. How's it going, everybody? So today, I think I speak for all the boys. Uh, We are uber excited for this episode. We have an incredible guest. Uh, I can't even believe I'm saying this right now. Milan Hayduk. Milan, thank you so much for being with us. Can you say hi to all the fine folks out there? Hi, everyone. So, Milan, uh, thank you so much, like, uh, again, for being on the show, man. Uh, So, basically, what we like to do, you know, we like to dig up uh, different perspectives of hockey and uh, share them for the entire world. So, um, without further ado, let's get into it. I was looking up your your jersey retirement ceremony and if you could describe it in one word it seemed like it was awesome and you've said it's awesome and then i watched the video and it seems like the whole time you're just this kid being like awesome 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 to everybody that that you beat i i'm just curious now looking back over that and what those guys meant to you uh would you like to elaborate beyond the one word awesome and tell us what that was like for you uh, you know, phenomenal. Some something like you, uh, you know, uh, growing up back in Czech Republic, there's absolutely no way you're thinking this is gonna happen. Maybe you can dream about it, but there's no way it's gonna happen, really. You know, the, what the what the what the odds are, really. And uh, if really, you know, it finally it actually did happen, it's kind of surreal, really. And and uh, every time I come back to uh, 
Pepsi Center, which what is it now? Actually, they rename it now, right? The Ball, the ball, ball Arena. Ball Arena, Arena. that's right. <laughs> yeah. uh, so uh, the Ball Arena now it used to be Pepsi Center. Uh, anytime I come there, it, it, it's it's a treat to look up to Raptors and you see your jerseys amongst the great. That's, that's oh, yeah. phenomenal. And and every time I uh, look up there, uh, and and, and the, like you mentioned, we all played in in a similar era. Uh, I wish we won more cups. That every time that's that comes to my mind, like it, it's so at least so. I mean, the team before me won '96, we won 2001. So I remember my first four years, we went '98-'99. So we went to uh, st- uh, conference finals, lost to Game Seven. Next year we went to conference finals, lost to Game Seven twice to Dallas. Third year we won the cup. The f- year after we lost Game Seven to Red Wings. Like we were far. We close to being in the finals, right? We lost three game sevens in the conference finals. One, we're one game away from uh, three three other times than winning the cup, being uh, one game away from the Sony Cup finals. So uh, I'm looking up like, uh, uh, looking back, like almost wasted opportunities that oh, yeah. we, could have, we could have two or three of them, not just one. Did you just get handed 23 in training camp and then it was your number? Or yeah, and, and yeah. then you just like wore twenty four internationally. So I was def- I was curious, like if anyone in your family like has numbers for significance, if you took numbers for significance, or anything about your jersey numbers you want to talk about. Uh, yeah. Uh, so my dad uh, played with thirteen and never, never, never wore thirteen. And with the twenty three, yeah, that's exactly right. I show up for the training camp. This is the number they gave me. I made a team, so I'm like, yeah, this is this is working. I kept uh, 23 all, all my career. It was no really, I ne- I didn't pick it, but I, you know, early I I was not super excited about 23, but I started liking it and I love it now. So you kind of I kind of grew into it really. And what was 24 all about? Was just was there someone wearing 23 on the yeah, Czech was, team? Peter, yeah, there was Peter Svoboda. Uh, you know, he played, you know, I think way over a thousand games and played for Philly, Philadelphia Flyers. So he had 23 already. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's why I was wearing 24. And uh, uh, just, uh, well, one thing I just want to know, I mean, yeah, Rocket Richard Trophy, I mean, Stanley Cup, Olympic gold, your number raised in the Raptors. What's the what's the number one man? Well, what's the number one thing uh, that yeah. you, you look? What was the cherry on top? Yeah, I mean, like you know, like. Oh, all right, guys. Well, great question, Cody. I love that episode that we did together. Thanks for the collab on the bench with Beaks. If you want to hear more really good talks and stories with Milan Hayduk and more fun hockey stories, you can subscribe to our channel. We'll have another one coming out next week. And also head on over to On the Bench with Beaks. There's about 30-plus episodes now with lots of great stories. So thanks for listening. It was a great episode. Can't wait for the next one, and I'll see you guys next week.